Well, good morning, folks. This is Pastor Greg Hodges from Stanley Town's Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Thank you so much for tuning into the program this morning. We're going to kick off like we normally do on a Sunday morning with a congregation song. So wherever you are, if you're in your car, if you're in your living room with your family gathered around, we want you to sing out. I've asked Brother Ken to get us songs that everybody would know. So uh, sing with us this, uh, this morning. Thank you for tuning in. Brother Ken, let's sing together. Amen. We'll be singing out of the Red Book today. I know my name is there. I know our church loves this song. May you sing along with us while you're at home. We sure do miss you around here. Hymn number 346. My name is in the book of life. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. I rise above all doubt and strife and read my title clear. I know, I know, my name is there. I know, I know, my name is written there. My name once stood with sinners lost and take just a moment now and give you several announcements this morning and then we'll have another congregation song and a special song as well I'm going to give you a couple announcements and some prayer requests uh, and uh, while I'm praying this morning I want to encourage you if you've got prayer requests that you want our church leadership team to be praying about put them in the comment section we go through and we read every one of them you have my word on that and we'll make those a matter of prayer let me give you some announcements first of all uh, I want to stop just a moment and say thank you to all of those ladies who came out over the weekend we put out on Wednesday about the uh, shortage of face masks in our area and boy this initiative has exploded in our community on Thursday night uh, we had uh, 10 ladies here in our church and then several ladies at home uh, uh, sewing face masks we've had over 400 created this weekend and the demand continues to increase so let me thank you first of all for your help in that and then uh, let everyone know that on Monday tomorrow uh, ladies are meeting again at 3 o'clock we're gonna cap it at 10 again uh, in conjunction with our federal and state mandates uh, and then if there are any ladies that have a sewing machine perhaps you can't come sew but you've got a sewing machine that you could let us utilize we already had a couple of ladies uh, who did that on Thursday but if you've got a sewing machine you could loan us uh, we're going to continue to do this over the next few weeks while this pandemic continues 
candidly, I anticipate the shortage will get even worse uh, and that we need to do our part, and this is certainly something that we can do. Uh, we've had lots of uh, folks who ask us how much these are. These are free. Uh, we've had some donations come in to help pay for it. Uh, we've had material donated. We are very grateful for all of that, but thank you so much for your help in that, and please uh, just keep that in mind, ladies, if you would. We had a, 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 fi a firearms safety class that was scheduled on April the 4th. That has been temporarily postponed. We'll give you another date on that. And then I want to let our church family know uh, that tonight, if you are a social media user, uh, tonight we encourage you to tune into the Wiznets. They're going to be doing a live concert tonight at 7 o'clock. They're favorites of ours around here, so tune into your social media tonight at 7 o'clock uh, and uh, celebrate some good gospel singing with the Wiznets. Then I want to give you just a couple of uh, prayer requests. First of all, we found out this morning that Brother Doug Clark has been admitted to the hospital with some breathing issues. Uh, please pray for him. He's in Martinsville. And then we found out late last night that Sister Margaret Vernon has also been admitted to the hospital with what appears to be pneumonia. That's all we know right now, so please don't jump to any conclusions on that. We will keep you posted on them. They're both in Martinsville Hospital. And, of course, as you know, that means loved ones cannot be there with them. The hospitals have understandably put in a no-visitor policy, so pray for both of those. Uh, and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Mr. Renee, you and Lisa start playing for us. Uh, and again, if you've got a prayer request while we pray this morning, I want you to put those in the comment section. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you this morning. Thankful for the opportunity just to uh, come to our church family uh, via live stream and the technology platforms that you've provided. Lord, as Brother Ken said, we miss everybody, but we know that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing this morning, and that's bringing the Word of God to the church uh, uh, while they're there in their house or in their car. Lord, I want to stop and ask for your special touch upon those in our church who can't uh, tune in today because of physical reasons. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd bless Brother Doug Clark and Sister Margaret Vernon. Lord, as they're laying there in Martinsville Hospital without loved ones around them, Lord, we know that you are a great physician and that you do all things well. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless the doctors and the nurses and the uh, medical staff that are physically ministering to them. And, Lord, I pray that you send the sweet spirit of God to scooch right up beside them to let them know that their church family loves them and their family loves them even when we can't be there with them. Lord, I pray your blessings now upon our service today. The singing, the preaching, may it all uplift the precious, precious name of Jesus. We'll thank you and praise you. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to have one more congregation song. And again, we invite you to sing out wherever you are. Brother Ken, let's sing a couple verses. Amen. We'll do I'll Fly Away this morning. The first and last verse, I'll Fly Away. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore.
Let me uh, give you one or two more quick announcements, and we'll have a special song, and we'll get into the word this morning. I want to say thank you to all of those who have continued to support the ministry of the church financially while we're not able to physically meet, and so I appreciate that so much. I will remind everybody that next Sunday is, of course, the first Sunday in April, which is Mission Sunday in our church. So if you're continuing to support the church, just keep that in mind. Uh, we want to make sure that we continue to do our part for our nearly uh, uh, 50 missionaries that we support. So we appreciate your work and helping that. And then I also want to remind you that we will be uh, continuing to uh, uh, have live stream on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. And then every Sunday morning at 1045, I've already got lots of emails and questions on how long this is going to continue. And at this point, until we're told so, uh, we are going to continue to uh, obey the mandates of our federal and local government. So you pray for us as we get this live stream out to you uh, in this capacity. One of the things that I miss the most, to be candid with you, uh, on, uh, 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 on what we're having to experience right now is choir singing. I make no apologies for the fact that I love, love, love good choir singing. Uh, and as I was thinking about this week, uh, some of my favorite songs that I miss our choir singing, I texted these folks and said, would you sing this song on Sunday? This is one of our choir songs. It's going to be a trio song today. But I want you to listen to the words, one of my favorites. This is called Sweet Things Out of Dark Places. show you my glory 
folks. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Man, I love that song. I love the reality behind it. A lot of folks at my church, you've heard me tell this story of the first time Renee and I heard that song. Uh, it was many, many years ago. In fact, uh, not long after I had started pastoring at our old building, Amazing Grace Baptist Church, and was having some pretty significant physical uh, problems myself. And during our ladies' jubilee, uh, I think the first or second time we had Kyla Rowland speaking, uh, we were sharing with her what I was facing, and uh, she she demoed this song or did this song for us, and we fell in love with it then, and I appreciate the trio singing it this morning. We want you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter number 15, please. The book of Exodus chapter number 15, and again, thank you so much for tuning in. As Brother Ken said, we miss everybody around here. Uh, I have preached many times in what felt like an empty church. This is one of the few times I've ever preached in an empty church. Uh, but I appreciate everybody uh, tuning in to us and supporting us and the wonderful comments that you leave. Uh, I say this all the time, and I mean it. I read every one of them, whether you're on our church page, whether you're on Renee's page, uh, wherever you are, we read every one of them. I was thrilled last week uh, when Brother Coffey sent me the data on our multiple platforms. And uh, uh, when we put all of our platforms together, whether it's our YouTube channel, our church website, or our church Facebook, uh, Renee's Facebook, we had several thousand folks tuning in, and we appreciate that immensely. Hope what we share with you every Sunday and on Wednesday night is a blessing. So Exodus chapter 15. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 22, and we'll read down through the rest of the chapter, verse number 27, just a few verses. Verse number 22 says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Verse 23, And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the word therefore means because of that, the name of it was called Marah. If you have a reference Bible, it likely tells you that the name or the meaning for the word Marah literally means bitter. Verse 24, the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? He cried. Unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. The waters he, uh, were made sweet there. He made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them. And let's look at verse 26. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And finally, verse 27, they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water, and threescore and six palm trees, and they encamped there, by the waters. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Bless the preaching this morning. Lord, as always, if there's anyone listening that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray that you'd send the Spirit of God there in their living rooms, their car, their bedroom, wherever they may be listening. 
Convict them of their sins. Show them their need of a Savior. And Lord, for all of us who are saved today, Lord, I pray that you would use the message that I believe you've laid upon our hearts to be a blessing to your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The story of Israel and her uh, escape and rescue out of bondage of Egypt is a beautiful image of our salvation experience. Let me say that again. The rescue of the Israelites out of Egypt. God sending Moses a deliverer. The years that they spent in captivity and how God would rescue them and send them somebody that would lead them out of captivity into the promised land is a beautiful image, a beautiful type, a beautiful symbol of a New Testament salvation experience. You see, after Israel had spent hundreds of years in bondage, they were literally redeemed. Israel was removed from bondage of Egypt. You understand that for every child of God who's born again, we too have been redeemed. We've been removed out of bondage from this world. We are no longer slaves to sin, Satan, or self. Thank God for the redemption, for the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. But after that redemption comes the reality of living the daily life. You see, once Israel was redeemed, that wasn't the end. That was, in fact, just the beginning. As they began to wander through the wilderness and God would give them the law and show them uh, His greatness, uh, they were still experiencing temptations and trials even after redemption. However, they learned that God's grace is sufficient. Let me stop a moment and say for every one of us, whether we've been saved one week, one month, 10 years, or 50 years, uh, we understand that once we're saved, the temptations continue, the trials come, uh, the tribulations are still there. uh, But I am so glad that even in the middle of a pandemic worldwide, God's grace is sufficient. There's the redemption. There's the reality. But then there is also the refreshment of Israel. Even though the journey was long... Even though the trials were many, even though uh, the pain was real, uh, God sent refreshment to his people. He sent a manna, which of course you know is the bread of life. When they literally saw it, uh, they didn't know what it was. They said, what is that? That means manna. And so God would feed them with manna every day uh, except on the Sabbath and the day before they were commanded to gather double that would take care of their needs. God would also miraculously send water along the journey. Make sure that they're satisfied. Make sure they were taken care of. And I'll stop a moment and say thank God that he sends us places of refreshment along our journey. If you're like most of us, the last couple of weeks have been challenging. Having to be apart from friends, having to be apart from loved ones, uh, not being able to worship together. I will tell you quite candidly, I'm thrilled to be able to give you the, a message via live stream, but I miss corporate worship. I miss our church family being together. I miss fellowshipping with everyone and hugging necks and slopping sugar. We sure can't do that right now. But I miss all of that as part of the corporate worship. But I am so glad that wherever we are, whatever we're experiencing, whatever we're facing, for the child of God, God sends us places of refreshment where he gives us a little bit of manna, where he gives us a little bit of water, places where his word can be found. And he just kind of pours out little cupfuls of the Holy Spirit upon us. At the same time, 
When we're in the will of God, listen to what I'm about to say, he will sometimes lead us into places where we don't want to be. The, the child of God is not immune from ending up in challenging locations. The child of God is not immune from being placed in situations and locations and experiences that he or she would just not soon go through. And when that happens, we've got two choices this morning. It's the title of my message. When we get into those places where we don't want to be there, we don't want to experience it, we don't want to have to deal with it, we got two choices. We can get bitter, or we can get better. And I'm afraid uh, that I've seen far too many believers uh, who because of the experiences of life that they had to go through, ended up becoming bitter believers. Listen to what I'm about to say. A bitter believer is Satan's playground. A bitter believer is someone that Satan can use to rob others of their joy. I don't want us to get bitter. I want us to get better. So I want to give you a message this morning. It simply says, bitter or better your choice. I'll give you four quick things. Number one, notice with me the development of these bitter waters. The development of these bitter waters. After having traveled for many miles, the Israelites find themselves at what they think is an oasis. What they think is a place that will provide them with much needed water. You see, you got to understand that, that Scripture tells us they had now been three days without water. Now, wait a minute, preacher. I thought you just said a moment ago that God would supply the need. He does supply the need. He doesn't promise us that we're not going to have difficulties. He's not promising us that we're not going to have challenges, uh, that the way's not going to get long, uh, that there's not going to be stretches of difficulty. Uh, but he does promise us that he'll meet the need. So after three days of no water... Uh, they come to a place that they think is an oasis. What they find out is that these were not tasty waters. These were, in fact, bitter. And the word bitter literally means poisonous. These were waters that were unfit to drink. Let me ask you this morning a simple thought. Give you what I'm calling a question. Why were they there? That's a simple question that we need to ask ourselves. Why did they end up in Mara? If this was a place where, where they couldn't drink the waters, if this was a place that was not fit for human consumption, why were they there? Here's the simple answer. God brought them there. Far too many people today believe that you end up in the Maras of this world because we've been disobedient. You might. Far too many people believe that you end up in the mires of this world because there's something wrong going on. That could be the case. But you hear me this morning. We could end up in the mires of this world because God wants to teach us something while we're there. And in this case, the question was very simple. Why were they there? They were in God's will. The man of God, Moses, was leading them. God wanted them to experience something. He had a lesson for them to learn. And so now they are in a place that they would rather not be in. They got a choice. They themselves can become bitter or they can get better. Let me say to all of us this morning, 
once we find those places in our lives, once we get to those locations where if it were up to us, we wouldn't walk through this valley. If it were up to us, we wouldn't be at this bitter oasis. We have a choice. Do we become bitter or do we use this experience to get better? I want you to go back into your text. This is an astounding statement. If you'll read verse 24, the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Their question now becomes a quandary. Their question now becomes a quandary. When these, by all accounts, understandably frustrated and thirsty Israelites... When they realized they could not drink this water, they turned on the man of God. They began to blame Moses for Moses having led them there. What they forgot is that Moses wasn't making this up. They forgot about the fact that God was leading Moses. You recall that God, uh, in his presence, uh, a cloud or a pillar of fire was leading the Israelites. Moses didn't lead them there. God led them there. Moses was following God. The Israelites were following Moses. But when they got to a place they did not like, the Israelites turned on Moses. You know what I've realized in my uh, 18, 19 years of pastoring and 25 years of preaching? Folks love to ride a rag and as long as it's going downhill. But the moment uh, that you got to start working, uh, there's an awful lot of folks who will jump off the wagon. You see, the Israelites here, uh, when things were great, grand, and groovy, uh, they allowed themselves to take credit. They loved Moses. Uh, but the moment things got challenging, uh, they did not blame God. They blamed the man of God. I've also experienced that when things go right, folks love to take credit. But when things go wrong, folks look for somebody to blame. Let me say that again. When things are going wonderful, as I said a moment ago, when they're great, grand, and groovy, folks love to take credit. But the moment things start going wrong, folks like to find somebody else to blame. This is often the first step in becoming bitter. When we seek somebody else to blame, you mark it down uh, when our desire uh, is to try to cast dispersion and doubt uh, and difficulty on somebody else. You mark it down. Uh, we're one step away from becoming bitter. Development of these waters. Number two, the direction of these waters. I want to step outside Scripture for just a second and ask you a question that is not answered in the Bible. But one that I think is important for us to think about. How did these waters become bitter? You understand that water is not meant to be bitter. Water never starts out as bitter. Something has to happen to it in order for that water to become bitter. Let me give you two possibilities this morning. Of how it is that perhaps this oasis, this place that had one time gave life-giving water, uh, turned into a, a, a bitter cesspool that wasn't fit for human drink. Perhaps it's because these waters were stagnant. Perhaps it was because these waters were stagnant. Last summer, this 
imagery became real for me. This is something we all know about. We understand that a, a, a pool of sitting water will quickly stagnate. We know that. We understand that. There's a reason why if you leave damp clothes in the washing machine for very long, what happens? They sour. They stink. If you leave a wet wash rag out on the counter for too long, it begins to stink. It starts to stagnate. Last summer, my wife and I were doing a little bit of yard work around the house. Well, actually, she was doing a little bit of yard work. I was cheering her on. Uh, and uh, 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 it came up a rainstorm. And so without thinking about it, we kind of just pushed the stuff aside, uh, went into the house. Uh, the rain came and came, and so we just left everything out there. Then we got busy with a bunch of other stuff, really forgot about the fact that we'd left the wheelbarrow out there with a little bit of mulch in the bottom uh, until we went back out a week and a half later, uh, and we could smell the wheelbarrow before we got to it. The closer we got, we could see the gnats and the mosquitoes and everything swarming around it. Why? Because the water was stagnant. You listen to what I'm about to say. If the water of our lives is not running, if the Holy Spirit is not allowed to pour himself into us, uh, we will stagnate as well. If the water is not flee freely flowing at our churches, uh, in our families, in our lives, uh, then that water uh, will still and will become stagnant. Uh, and listen to me, uh, stagnant water leads to a bitter Christian. Maybe it was because these waters were stagnant. And then I'll give you a second one. This is just pure my idea, my thinking on this. Maybe it wasn't because they were stagnant, but maybe it's because what was thrown into it. Maybe these waters got bitter or poisonous because of the junk and the trash that had been thrown into it. I've told this story, I've used this analogy several times here at my church, but the summer before my senior year of high school, I had the great privilege of spending a summer in Europe with 40 other high schoolers from Drew Mason High School. We got to tour 13 countries, it was pretty awesome. My favorite was when we uh, uh, got to go to Italy. I enjoyed every bit of it. I'm a big history buff. I love the art. I love the culture. I love the museums. I love the pasta. If there were a church full of people, I'd ask you to say amen. I love the pasta. I loved all of it. We got to Venice, and I will never forget that our tour guide told us when we checked into the hotel to make sure that we closed the windows before we left. Well, I was a 17-year-old boy who knew everything, <laughs> and it was hot, and our hotel didn't have air conditioning, so my roommate and I decided that we knew better than our tour guide, and we left our windows open because we wanted it to be cool when we came back. Well, we got back into the room at about 11 o'clock that night after all of our days and evenings activities were over, and we walked in, and God is my witness, the walls were covered with mosquitoes. I mean, it looked like the walls were literally crawling with mosquitoes. 
I asked the tour guide the next morning. I admitted what we had done. I told him that we'd goofed up, that, that we had to literally sleep under the covers with the covers over our heads to keep from being eaten alive. And I said to him, what happened? Why is this gorgeous town, why does it seemingly become so filthy at night? And he said, what you're experiencing is what happens when people for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years put their trash into the water, pour their waste into the water, his words, not mine. He said, it takes decades to overcome what the trash has done in a matter of hours. Let me give you a real simple statement, folks. There are far too many lives today who were once full of the free-flowing waters of the Spirit of God, and they've allowed the trash of this world, they've allowed the trash of society, they've allowed the trash of sin to invade their lives, and what was once a beautiful flowing stream is now full of garbage, junk, and trash. How many homes have been ruined? How many lives have been destroyed? How many families have been torn apart because we as Christians started dumping trash where trash did not belong? Trash will contaminate water. So number one this morning, the development of these waters. Number two, the direction of these waters. Number three, the danger of these waters. The danger of these waters. We all understand that these waters were problematic. We understand that these Israelites... And I encourage you to think about this for just a moment. Imagine how thirsty you are from just working outside if you don't have a bottle of water. Imagine having gone three days of walking through the desert. You're parched. You're, 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 you're literally dying of thirst. You are desperate for a little sip of water. Uh, and you see in the distance an oasis, something that looks like life-giving water. Uh, and no doubt uh, you immediately take off running. What they didn't realize at that moment was that it contained poison. You know, I wonder this morning, despite the way it looked, despite the way their eyes said, who was the first one that realized that this was not as it appeared? How many people tasted it first and said something's wrong? How many people stooped down and took a giant gulp and spit it back out and said, this is disgusting, this is nasty. I wonder, even if Moses uh, took a cupful or a handful and sucked it down and turned to everybody and said, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. How do I know? Because the Bible says that everybody turned on Moses at that moment. How many, how, I wonder this, how many drank, maybe even got sick because they wouldn't listen when the man of God said, that's poison. How many ended up worse than what they were to begin with because they would not listen when Moses said, that's poisonous, stay away from that. I wonder this morning, how many lives, how many homes, how many testimonies, how many families have been destroyed because we would not listen when the man of God said, that's poison, stay away from that. It always amazes me when a preacher stands up and really preaches a hard message on sin. 
on Satan and on self. Inevitably, there will be somebody uh, who thinks he needs to mind his business. There will be somebody uh, who thinks, who does he think he is? Uh, But I say to you this morning, uh, whether you're part of SAGBC or any other church, if you've got a pastor uh, that loves you enough uh, to say to you, stay away from that, uh, that'll kill you. Uh, You don't want that. Don't let your family touch that. Uh, Then you need to thank God that there is somebody still trying to warn you, uh, don't touch that water. It's poisonous. Poison. Number four this morning. Note with me not only the development, the direction, the danger. Finally, note with me if you would what I'm refer- what I'm calling the deliverance from bitter waters. The deliverance from bitter waters. I want you to note if you would verse twenty five. Mo- he cried. Moses is the one speaking. Moses he cried unto the Lord and said. And the Lord showed him a tree. The Lord showed him a tree. You see, when Moses began to receive the blunt of all the criticism, when the people of God turned on Moses, Moses, as he was oft to do, looked upward and said, God, help me. How do I fix this? I don't know what to do. Let me stop a moment. And say to everybody that's listening this morning, when you face these bitter experiences, when you face these times of your life, when you go through these Mara experiences, don't do like the Israelites did and turn against God. You do like Moses and you look up to God. Moses said, God, what do I do? God said, Moses, let me show you a tree. Let me show you a tree. Keep reading with me. Verse 25. The Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. When Moses was at his weakest, When Moses was at his worst, when Moses did not know what to do or know which direction to go in, he looks upward and says, God, help me. And God said, Moses, let me show you a tree. Moses, all you got to do, listen, is take the tree, toss it into the water, and bitter will become sweet. Most of you already understand the analogy. Because the tree that Moses is shown is a beautiful type symbol uh, for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here is the very simple statement. God was trying to teach Moses and the Israelites. And by default teaching us as 21st century believers uh, that when we get to Mara, when we get to these experiences, uh, when we get to these places where the waters are bitter, uh, don't walk away from God. Don't turn on the man of God. Don't turn away from the church. Uh, Take the cross of Jesus Christ. uh, Throw it into the midst of the situation. uh, Throw it in the midst of the bitter waters uh, and watch what God can do with that situation. So we circle back around. Why were they there? Because God had a lesson to teach them. God had a lesson to teach Moses and the Israelites that bitter 
can become better when the cross is applied. Notice the last thing this morning. The cry of Moses becomes the command of the master. Verse 26, Scripture says, That will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments, will keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Boy, I love that. And that simple verse, God explains to Moses why they were here to begin with. It wasn't to punish them. It was to teach them. It wasn't to destroy them. It was to make them better. And in this one miracle, by applying the wood, by applying the figure of the cross in this one miracle, God showed the Israelites, if you will follow me, I will take care of you. But it gets even better. Because in verse 27, the Bible says, And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water. And by the way, these were good wells. This was a real oasis. And this wasn't just one pond. This was twelve ponds of water. Three score and ten, seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Think about this for just a second. God, I'm done. God had already prepared Elam. God had Elam ready. God had the place where they needed to get to ready. But they had to go through Mara to get to Elam. Israelites had to experience, uh, we might even say endure, and become educated at Mara in order to get to Elam. I say to you this morning that far too many believers, they get to Mara and they get stuck there. I meet believers all the time. I meet Christians all the time who've gone through, by all account, don't misunderstand me, I'm not minimizing, they've gone through incredibly difficult situations. I'll be the first to tell you, you serve God, you get involved in any kind of ministry, you do the work of God for very long, and you won't be long till you get hurt. Let's just be honest. We have a choice, church. Do we want to stay and get stuck in Mara? We want to experience what God's lesson is and allow him to lead us to Elam. Brother Ken, come get us a song to sing to close the service out this morning. Let me say to everybody that's listening, when things get difficult, when we find ourselves in those Mara places, don't disobey God. Don't turn our backs on God. Don't run away from the Lord. Don't run away from the church. Just stay in His Word. Stay in His will. Take that old rug of the cross and apply it to those bitter waters. 
Because I can promise you, on the other side of the waters, there's an Elam. If we'll mind God while we're in Mara, God will take us to Elam. I invite you to bow your heads where you are this morning. Brother Ken, sing us just one verse, if you would. I need thee every hour. Every hour. this morning just like we did last week Mr. Renee Brother Ken page 63 in your hymn book most all of you know it there's coming a day when no heartache shall come no more clouds in the sky no more tears to dim the eye I want to invite you to sing with us there in your living room in your car wherever you are this morning sing out with your whole family as we sing both verses of what a day that will be let's sing it together there is coming a day all over there is coming
before we close out the service, just a reminder to join us Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. And then also those ladies that are sewing, make sure you're here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. If you're able, come when you can. And then a reminder that if you've got a sewing machine, ladies, that you can lend. If you'll let Miss Renee know, 276-340-9730. You can call her, text her. We'll take care of getting it here. Uh, or you can bring it here. That would be much appreciated as well. Father, thank you for the time this morning, for the opportunity we've had to come to our church family and friends through the media of live stream. Lord, I pray your blessings upon our country, the leaders of our country. Lord, I pray that you'd give them wisdom, clarity. Bless our community leaders as well as they're helping to navigate locally what our nation is fighting nationally. Bless now our church family till we meet again Wednesday night. Lord, we love you. Bless those in the hospital now in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, folks. We will see you on Wednesday night.